Thank you for joining us on the Lake Point Church Podcast. Our mission is to help people connect with Jesus in everyday life through everyday relationships. Be sure to check back each Tuesday for new messages, and we hope that you're encouraged by today's word. Hey, I am so happy to be with you this morning. I am so happy to be kicking off this series called Between Two Lands. I almost just forgot what it was called for a second. Um, and this is, I, I, Brian, how long is this? Seven weeks, eight weeks, something like that. This is a series, and, and we are so excited about it because here's what we believe at Lake Point. We believe that God has a journey for each and every one of you. We believe that God is on a mission in this world, and you get to play a part of it. You get to come alongside and into alignment with what he's doing. But we also believe that that, that can be a process. We also believe that, that often there, it's easy to, to fall into this liminal space of, of I'm not who I was, but I'm also not who I'm becoming. I'm, I'm not who I was, but I'm also not who I'm becoming. Like there, there's, there is a process. I am between these two lands. And, and, and that's what we're going to be talking about. We're tracing with uh, a story of, of Israel who, who in the Old Testament are God's chosen people. These are, uh, they, they fall into these rhythms and these patterns that, that are so easy to relate with. And and, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, and, and we're going to be opening up this service. Is anybody excited about today? I just feel like we've been at like a five all morning. I, like, I, I'm this, I, I need the energy. I need to, I need to feed with, the, I, I like to jump around and whatnot. So is anybody happy that they came to church this morning? Doesn't that just feel good? Like, even if you don't really feel it, like, it, like playing along is helpful. Like, is anybody else... Agree with that? Hey, so we're going to be uh, uh, open up to Exodus chapter 12 if you have it. If you don't, it's going to be on the Sky Bible, as I like to call it. Yeah, that joke wasn't funny in my head. It wasn't funny when I said it either. Um, but we're going to be picking up uh, in chapter 12 with verse 31. And if you've, ever, uh, if you've ever been to church or you've been somewhere and you've forgotten your Bible, don't worry. I forgot mine, so this is one of the free ones that we have. And it's amazing because it's kind of like, it's like halfway falling apart. You can't see it very well, but the binding is coming apart. But so, so rest easy. You are in a church that is relatable. We are also forgetful. And I'm on a seven-day streak on my Bible app. It's the longest it's ever been in three years. So don't judge me. Um, Exodus chapter 12, starting in verse 31. It says, during the night, Pharaoh summoned Moses and Aaron, and he said, up, leave my people, you and the Israelites. Go worship the Lord as you have requested. Take your flocks and herds, as you have said, and go, and also bless me. The Egyptians urged the people to hurry and leave the country, for otherwise, they said, we will all die. So the people took their dough before the yeast was added, carried it in their shoulders in kneading troughs wrapped in clothing, The Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. The Lord had made the Egyptians favorably disposed towards the people, and they gave them what they asked for, so they plundered the Egyptians. The Israelites journeyed from Ramses to Succoth. There were about 600,000 men on foot besides women and children. Many other people went up with them and also large droves of livestock, both flocks and herds. When the dough the Israelites had brought from Egypt, with the dough the Israelites had brought from Egypt, they baked loaves of unleavened bread. The dough was without yeast because they had been driven out of Egypt and did not have time to prepare food for themselves. Today's message is called Pack Your Bags. 
And if you're taking notes, uh, number one, it will get you to the front of the line in heaven. Um, and number two, you can write down an alternate title, pack your bags, slash, I don't have time for the yeast. Hey, we're going to pray one more time. And, 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 and in this prayer, uh, especially my prayer is that not only would, would the Lord give me words and superintend my thoughts and my processes to be relevant to you, but that, that he would also give you ears. It would be receptive, that we would be, that we would be focused in, and that the Lord would do something meaningful in this place. So why don't you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much that we have spaces and opportunities and places that we can come to and just have days like today, regardless of the snow, regardless of the weather, that we can just come and we can gather in your house in one, in one accord, one spirit, and that together we can worship freely. God, I pray that, that in this moment you remove any, any sort of words or, or any sort of thoughts that are not from you, God, but that, that whatever I have to say is, is only what you have to say today. God, I pray that, that we come with, with receptive hearts, with, with, with ears to hear, and, and that we just press into what you have to say, God. We love you, Jesus. And in this off-season, we pray that Tom Brady de- decides to retire and that we never see a Patriots Super Bowl for another 30 years. In Jesus' name, all God's children said, amen, amen. If you think I'm not praying against Tom Brady every week, then you're kidding yourself. <laughs> How good was the Super Bowl, by the way? Go- <laughs> Little too excited, but that's okay. That's okay. Just any time. I'm, I'm, look, I know you guys are all Packers fans. Uh, I'm a Bears fan. But at the very least, we can agree it's great to not have the Patriots in the Super Bowl. We can, we can agree. It was a great Sunday. It was a great week. But hey, um, I don't know. Have you ever uh, been traveling? Have you ever been uh, on some type of trip or, or vacation and, and you get to your destination and you realize that you have forgotten something important? Maybe it's a phone charger and you have to go buy a new one. I can't tell you how many times I, ha- I had to fly this summer. So, so my girlfriend was living in Florida for, for most of the summer, and, and so I'm flying down way too often to go visit her. And, uh, and, and I swear, I had to buy those Apple headphones because I got the iPhone that has the, the lightning bolt thing, and it doesn't have the, the one that every other headphone has, and I'm too cheap to buy the AirPods. And so, so I have to, every time I go to fly, I always either have to buy a, a third brand pair of dongle or pair of, of earbuds and a dongle, or I have to buy the headphones that will only work with my phone and no other pieces of equipment. But anyway, I, that's a, has nothing to do with the sermon, but, <laughs> but I want to ramble about it. Um, have you ever been traveling and you forgot something? You forgot something important. You forgot, you know, maybe you forgot the shampoo that's specially conditioned for your dandruff. Maybe, you know, whatever it is. Has anybody ever been there? Show of hands, you've ever forgotten something on a trip. You're in good company. You're in good company. Uh, I, I, one time in particular, very recently, uh, while doing this long-distance thing with my girlfriend, Megan, uh, she came up to visit me. And we had several days together, uh, and, and we were hanging out. And at one, one moment, we decided we were going to travel to Indiana. Indiana's where I'm from. We're going to hang out with some of my family. And we're just 
just enjoying each other's company, and, and, and we have plenty of time. The, the next day, she flies out, and so we, we, we stay the night. We, we travel back, and we decide to take our time. The flight's not till like, 5 p.m. Everything's fine. Everything's going according to plan. We go to this delicious calzone place. Shout out to calzones. <laughs> like a friendlier pizza. Um, and and, and we, we come back to Waukesha. We're, we're kind of taking our time. We're driving slow. We're taking the scenic route. And then I get a call from my mom, and she says, hey, what color purse does Megan have? She goes, she goes what color purse does Megan have? I don't remember what it was, but uh, it turns out Megan had left her purse in Indiana about three hours away. We're about two hours away from having to be at the airport uh, to catch her flight. She has no ID. She has no credit card. She has no headphones. Um, <laughs> No wallet, nothing. And so uh, we end up having to, to fly down 94. I have never driven so fast in my life. And I am a lead foot. My mom's here. She can attest. She hates driving with me because it, it's, it's borderline reckless. But this was, this was the, 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 the fastest we've ever gone. My mom meets us at an oasis just north of Chicago. I, I, we, we grab her purse. And then I realize that there's a Starbucks. And I say, hey, we might have time. And... Um, and, and we, we rush back to Indiana. We make it, essentially have to go straight to the airport, drop her off, hand her a purse. She makes it on the plane. She makes it back to Florida. And then eventually she makes it back to Wisconsin. Praise the Lord. Um, and, and I think that often in such a rush, it's oftentimes it's, it's, it's not in the, the slow times, in the easy times that we're able to uh, or, or that we're, we're unable to, to take inventory and re- remember to pack the essentials, it's often in the rush. It's often in the hurried times. It's often when, when you know, I, my alarm didn't go off in time, I'm running to the airport, whatever it is, that's when we tend to forget the most. And I, I wonder sometimes if, you know, living and chasing after this American dream lifestyle, that we haven't done that sometimes with our spiritual health. I, I wonder sometimes if maybe... Um, in the rush of chasing that career or chasing that promotion or having the, the nicest car or, or, you know, my kids have to be in seven sports every year. I don't know how you do it. Um, but uh, in the rush of life, I feel like sometimes we, we neglect to take a proper inventory of our spiritual health. And maybe I'll, I'll contend to you what I'd like to, to, to ask you to consider this morning is maybe you've either packed something in your bag You've, you've packed for this spiritual journey a little light or maybe even a little extra. So what I'd like for you to consider and what I'd like to present this morning is the idea that perhaps, perhaps maybe it's time to take an inventory. Perhaps maybe it's time to pack our bags, to take inventory of what we're carrying with us. Because the reality is, I believe that God wants to do incredible, extraordinary things in Muskego, in Milwaukee, in this world. But he, he uses us to do it. Life is a journey. And right now, we're often, so many times we're caught in this between two lands space. And as we, we begin this journey, as we begin to talk about the, the series of sermons, maybe, maybe the first step, maybe the first thing we need to do is to take a pause and we need to say, what, am I, what have I packed? Am I prepared? And, and, and in a way, this is sort of what's going on in our passage today. This is what I love about the passage. So um, 
what, where we've picked up is at the absolute climax of this, this stage of the narrative. Israel uh, has a long history up to this point, and we're picking up right in this, this really key critical moment. See, what's happened is uh, Israel as a nation was born, fled to, to Egypt in famine, and lived as royalty. The, 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 the patriarchs of that time were living as royalty in Egypt, and, and over the course of 400 years, it slowly degraded. The royalty of the time became the slaves. The, the people in the highest position became the people in the lowest position. And everything, there's just a slow corruption of the lifestyle and social dynamics. And so, and so, so what we're, we're at the head, we're at a pinnacle, 400 years of, of the people, the, the nation that was once highly revered and important, the, the nation that, whose, whose ancestors had, had saved Egypt out of a famine, are now subjugated to slavery. They're in the lowest point in their history. And just now, God has so swiftly and so quickly delivered them out of bondage, out of slavery, into freedom, that they don't even have time to put yeast in their bread. How many are making bread on the regular? What? (laughs) You're crazy. Um, the, The reality is... The Bible wants us so badly to know this. What is the significance of having yeast in bread? Why three times in the course of 10 verses, three separate times the writer says they didn't have time for the yeast. They, the, when they made the, the bread, it was unleavened bread. They had no time for yeast. The, it was so quick. It was, it was so overnight. It was so like that. There was no time for the yeast. It is no coincidence that the author wants us to know this. Over time, in celebration of this swift and decisive moment, 400 years of just backbreaking labor, slavery, frustrating social dynamics. Over the course of 400 years, they slowly degrade and degrade and degrade. And then in a moment, God moves them to freedom, to, uh, to honor, to uh, a promised land. Or at least begins that process. In a moment. It was so quick. They, they went from... Can you imagine the, the day? Imagine, imagine for a moment, have you, ever, have you ever gone to do something or, or been, been procrastinating a project? Or have you ever you had a big task in your to-do list and you've been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off? And then you finally do it and you realize that it was, it was far easier than you thought it was. Where did I put that? For me, that's registering to vote. Um, I know that sounds silly, but in, in my adult life, I've never actually registered to vote until the other day. And, and I'm telling you, I was preparing. Like, I, I was, like, trying to dig up my birth certificate. I was trying to, to dig up, like, everything. I'm like, what is my social security number? Do I really need to know that? And memorizing my driver's license number. And I'm, I'm taking, like, all this inventory. I'm trying to figure out what do I need to bring? What do I need to bring? And then I go to City Hall yesterday. Or Friday. It was literally Friday. And, and, and I walk in, and she goes, yeah, I just need your driver's license. I could have been voting since I was 18. <laughs> I, was too, I, I never wanted to actually take the inventory or ever do it because the to-do list felt so big and felt so strong, and it was almost anticlimactic in the moment when, when I actually was able to go. And I, I, I think that, that that might be exactly how the Israelites feel in this moment. 
So what they're doing, they, they spend year and ye- years and years and years, generation to generation, and life has been the same. And yet somehow in a moment, with, with at the, just, just in a moment, they, they, they move so quickly from slaves to freedom. They move so quickly from bondage to promise that they don't even have time for the yeast. And, you know, over time, the, the, the idea of unleavened bread, the, the, time, the idea of, of bread without yeast became a, a hallmark. It became a convention. They, 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 they were so uh, in awe of and enamored in how quickly and how decisively and how swiftly the Lord's deliverance could come and take them from bondage to freedom, that they, they enact a feast, a yearly feast every year. The Lord moved so quickly. He did it so quickly. He did it so powerfully, so swiftly that, that, that we didn't have time for the yeast. So you know what? Once a year, we're going to make a big feast, and we're going to use no yeast. We're gonna, we're gonna, every year, we're going to commemorate what the Lord did. We're going to mark this day yearly as a festival. We're going to throw a party. We're going to throw a, uh, a, a, an enormous bash to celebrate what the Lord had done. But here's the weird thing about humanity and the weird thing that, about people in general. We tend to live in rhythms, right? We tend to live... Uh, we, we tend to live in this sort of cyclical type of, type of world. And what you see is just how over the course of 400 years, Israel slowly, generation to generation, dissolved to slavery. What was once an amazing celebration, what was once a powerful demonstration of how good God is, generation to generation began to forget. What was a, a, a hallmark, a yearly tradition, a, a, a Christmas day in their culture slowly dwindled to become religious obligation. And so 1,500 years pass. 1,500 years pass and the people that were once celebrating and so ecstatic and so happy and so, and, 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 and so victorious become the, the, the thing that they're celebrating becomes mundane. And I wonder if you've ever been excited about something I wonder if you, you've ever been enamored with something and it just slowly began to lose its glamour. My stepdad is a truck aficionado. I mean, tr- like, the man can't keep a truck for more than two years before he's selling one and looking for another one. And, and he just recently, three months ago, he got a new truck. I, I believe it's a lease this time, right? It's a lease because you can get rid of it a little quicker. And within three months, this shiny new truck, uh, he, he starts to notice some problems with it. He starts to notice that the bed is out of alignment with the cab. He starts to notice it doesn't quite run quite like his, his old Dodge did. And, and, and just, just last night, we are talking, he goes, man, I, I wish I never would have gotten rid of that Dodge. Oh, man, I wish I would have never decided to trade up. And, 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 and I feel like so often we can do that in our spiritual lives. Like the, the breakthrough that God had for us becomes the, the, the very thing that we get frustrated with. The thing we've been praying for is the thing we're praying to get out of. Man, I never want to get to a place of, of I, I want deliverance from my own prayer requests. And, you know, over 1,500 years, slow disillusion from, from enormous celebration, from wonderful, uh, uh, a giant feast. It became just a religious obligation. It went from yes to 
I guess. It went from, this is amazing, look what God's done, to unleavened bread again. And over 1,500 years, there's this slow corruption of this religious tradition. And, and what we see is, is we pick up with Jesus in Matthew 16. And the, the, uh, he, he's going to make a, an enormous callback to this very moment. And I'd like to read this for you. Can we read the Bible twice in one sermon? Is that allowed? It says, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, these are the religious leaders, the people who, who owned the market on spirituality of the dime, came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, when, when evening comes, you say, it'll be fair weather for the sky is red, and in the morning, today it will be stormy, for the sky is red. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you can't interpret the sign of the times. He says, a wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except for the sign of Jonah. Jesus went, left them and went away. So when they got across the lake, the disciples forgot to bring bread. Be careful, Jesus said. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They discussed it among themselves and said, it's because we didn't bring any bread. We forgot the bread. Jesus is mad at us. And so um, in this moment, the, a little bit of context, what's important to understand here. Um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees owned the market on spirituality. They owned the market. They knew, they, they were the people who were propagating the feast. They were the people who had set up the religious systems. They were the people in charge in so many ways. And they come to Jesus, and Jesus is the big new guy on the street. He's signs, wonders, miracles, and, and everyone wants to know about his teaching. And so, so they say, hey, prove it. Hey, prove it. You know, we, we have a God that could rescue us like that out of Egypt. We have a God that can make a way where there was no way. Why don't you do something for us? But Jesus understands something here. Jesus is, is teaching a grander point to the disciples. He, he rebukes them. He leaves, he, he, he leaves them, and they cross the river. They cross the, the Jordan. And, and in this moment, um, silence. And you have to imagine what it was like to be the disciples in that moment. You have to wonder... You know, just, just what it was was going through their, their mind. And, and, and they realized they're taking inventory. They left something behind. They forgot the bread. And Jesus, and Jesus he, he says, well, watch out for the yeast of those Pharisees. And they start thinking to themselves. I can imagine Peter. Peter's like the vocal one of the group. And he's like, John, you forgot the bread. Now Jesus is mad. Look at you. You know, he, he, he was mad at them. Now he's mad at us. He forgot it. What are we doing here? And, and, and you can hear the bickering going on. You can, if you can put yourself there, they're, they're, they're kind of off to the side over here. And John and Peter, they're starting to, to get mad at each other. It's like, like when, I, uh, when I lose my cell phone charger and I immediately start blaming my roommates. Like, you took it. Like, no, it's been in your backpack the whole time, bro. Um, and, and Jesus is going to pipe up. And he says, aware of their discussion, Jesus asked you of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread, but be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? And they, then they understood he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teachings of the religious leaders. 
See, this, there's, there's, scripture parallel, parallels itself. It rhymes in so many ways. See, what Jesus is correcting is an attitude and a posture of religion. Just how over the course of 1,500 years, what was once a glorious and amazing celebration of what God had done became check marks and boxes and religious duties. Jesus is saying, don't ever let that become your faith. And he's saying the same thing to us today. Jesus is saying, watch out for, for the, the temptation to go from, to let what was passionate in your life become obligation. He's saying, watch out for the spirit of religiousness that corrupts and make sure you live in, in wonder of what God has done. See, the point of, I asked earlier, why, why would the Bible say three times in 10 verses that they forgot about the yeast? The yeast is a corrupting agent, and, and uh, I, I'm not much of a baker. Tara, you could probably explain this a little better than I could. But, but yeast uh, is, is a corrupting agent that can infect from bread to bread, that can, that can sort of spread from, like, like a, a little bit in the dough impacts everything. And so, so rather than um, allowing the, the pharisaical teachings, the religious obligations, the duties, the, the, the frustrations, the things that, that, that hold you back from, from truly loving Jesus and letting him love you, all the obligations, all the read your Bible more, all the pray more, all the give more, all the serve more, all the stuff that makes you feel inept, all the stuff that makes you feel like you're not a good enough Christian, Jesus is saying, put that to bed, that's corruption, that's religion. I'm not after religion, I'm after your heart. Beware of that yeast. Don't let it become a slow fade, a slow corruption. Don't let it become, uh, don't, don't, where there was royalty, there is slavery. Where there is celebration, there is frustration. Don't let it dwindle, don't let it fade. Don't lose the awe and wonder of what God has done. Because swiftly and decisively, not only can he deliver Egypt from bondage, but he can deliver you from bondage. Swiftly and decisively and totally and completely, he can rescue you from whatever it is in your soul that is holding you down. Whatever it is, depression, anxiety, frustration, sadness, grief. There are seasons for these things, but they are not your future. They are not what God has for you. God has so much more. And he's saying in this, in this moment, what Jesus is saying is don't get fed up with obligation. Too many times the, ch the churches that we are, the churches in America and in, around the world in so many cases, they get fed up and, and they, 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 get, they get so programmatic, they get so sterilized, they, they become so obligatory. Oh, I, I had to check off my monthly church attendance for the month. But can I tell you, there are people that don't go to a corporate church gathering ever that are far closer to the heart of God than people who come here every week. And I'm not advocating that we don't go to church. I'm not advocating that we don't read our Bible. I'm not advocating that we don't pray. But what I'm saying is, can you come to it with a perspective of God has done something for me. He has moved in my life radically and I, I will not forget it. Can we come to it with a posture of, of recognizing that the Lord's movement swift and decisively to save your soul is worthy of all the awe and wonder in the world. I pray that as a church, we never get infected 
with the yeast of the Pharisees. I pray that we never get swollen by this religious attitude that says, that says I have to, to check the obligatory boxes off. I pray that as a church, we can live in freedom and we can, we can remember what the Lord has done and, and we pack our bags not with skepticism, not with offense, but that we pack our bags with gratitude and awe and wonder of what God is gonna do and what he has done, amen? It is so easy to fall into the trap of skepticism. All the, the, the parking lot was, wasn't plowed for me when I got here. Someone went in my regular seat. But God, there, there is so much more at stake than your preference your opinion or, or, or anything that matter, or anything that doesn't matter in, in this thing called Christianity. If it was ever about the style of worship, if it was ever about how dynamic the preaching, if it was ever about how, how convenient the kids care, Lord forgive us. Because it is so much more than that. God has so much more than that. Until we can put away the, the, the critical spirits, until we can put away the skeptical spirits, until we can put away the things of religion and really press into this relationship, into this journey, into this life that God has called you to, we're never going to see the progress we want to see. We'll be at the end of this journey at the other side of the land and realize, wow, I totally forgot to pack my purse. I'm going to miss my plane, my metaphorical spiritual plane if you will. Man, God has so much in store for you. God's heart is for you. And it's not for you to, to, to live a life of, of, of obligation. It's not for you to live a life filled with checking off the right boxes and behaving a certain way. It's not behavior modification. It's life and heart change. So in a moment, we're going to sing another song. And before we do, I just want to pray for you. And so across this place, if you could just bow your head, close your eyes, and we're going to have a, a brief moment that's between you and the Lord. No one's looking around. No one, no one is uh, going to embarrass you. No one's going to make you stand up. But, but in this moment, if you can say, you know, maybe I've lost the wonder. Maybe I've lost the reverence. Maybe I've lost my perspective on what God's done for me. Maybe I've let some of that religious yeast creep in. If that's you, I just want to pray for you that you would, you would have a renewed spirit of wonder and awe of who God is, what he's called you to, and what he's going to do next in your life. So that's you on the count of three. I just want you to very, very subtly, you can slip your hand up. No one's looking around. And I just want to pray for you. Now I'm going to pray that the Lord will move in your heart and that you'll come to a fresh realization and awakening of who he is. So one, if that's you, two, lift your hands, three, and I just want to pray for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus, thank you for the hands that, that were bold and confident and, and, and brave enough to say, yeah, that might have been me. Yeah, I might have lost the wonder. And God, I pray that you would reveal your spirit to them now in a fresh and in, in a new and an anointed way, God, that, that they would live out every day with a, with a perspective not of, not of uh, uh, religion or not of, not of obligation, not of religion, but, but of you and of relationship. 
Jesus, give us all that fresh perspective of who you are. Lord, we love you and we need you. You are what it's about. So come on, church, would you stand? We're gonna sing, I'm in, I'm yours. And if that's your heart at all, I just pray you sing this out with everything you have, that you would declare it as a truth for your life, that I am his, I am yours. His love is too good to leave me here. So come on, why don't you sing? Thank you again for listening today. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we'd love to hear all about it. Send an email to info at lakepointmuskego.org. The best way to keep up to date with all that's happening at Lake Point is to follow us at Lake Point Muskego on Instagram and Facebook. We hope to see you again here soon.